0: Seems like you're sort of working to provide a model for these conversations that are really rare, like not really rare, but can be rare, yeah. and are definitely difficult. Like I don't know anybody. I mean, I, I mean, we'll go into you know we'll go into this, but like my, yeah. I'm like really into therapy. Yeah. My dad's a psychotherapist. I'm oh, like really wow. in therapy. My sister's really into therapy, and it's still hard. My da- yeah. It's, yeah. I've been in therapy since I was 16 years old, and it's wow. still hard. Yeah. Like and so and I'm black and I, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so yeah, it's. It's, it's layered. So, it's layered. And it seems like you're, I appreciate that you're kind of trying to, like, using the podcast format, which is, like, very conversational, mm-hmm. is a great way to be like, hey, there, here here, you. There's you. Mm-hmm. one, And then all of these other people, like, doing it, not only doing it, but publicizing it. So if we can do that, maybe it'll be a little bit easier for other folks to yeah. do it, too, and see themselves, right? Because right? also, like, Absolutely. there are images in the media of people dealing with mental illness, but not or mental not even mental illness mental illness mental health challenges but like rarely are those faces of color yeah and so it's also kind of getting folks something to identify with like see and there is there are some great um, obviously some great people in the media doing it Yeah. Like Tracy Ellis for Aussie Suri and stuff like that absolutely but not enough
1: <laughs> exactly new,
0: right and then we don't have like we don't have one uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest we don't have I'm um, I i do not know trying to think of some other iconic we don't have a uh, silver Linings playbook like we yeah it's kind of like it's so new and it's so it is. I, I'm not gonna say unrefined but it's like we don't have as much established because we weren't doing this in this you know in the 70s 80s mm-hmm. it was like how do we have rights like how do we not get exactly
1: we- even the thought of mental health wasn't even in the picture back no, then because we, we were fighting Yes. Which we still are, which is exactly. Are, but we
0: have that space now. We have a little bit more space now more because room. of the work exactly Our right. ancestors and our elders did so. That's
1: exactly um, right.
0: That's kind of yeah, and we can. Get, Damn, like, we can almost, go you know, into this. <laughs> I know. Uh, right now, I'm gonna make my. I have my. i have my headphones. I'm gonna make my bed, and <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna make my coffee, and I'm gonna get really comfortable because it I seems like it. that is appropriate. And you can talk all about. You can even <laughs> include the footage, the the audio of me. I don't know <laughs> if you can hear the sounds of me making my bed, but that is what I'm doing, and the of making my coffee. But I uh, feel free to, yeah, feel free to use whatever.
1: This is a space I cultivated to help share good vibes and good energy, while bringing thought provoking content in the mix enjoy these sounds and in the future be on the lookout for more conversation and just a safe space to explore thanks for tuning in to breathing space welcome to breathing space my next guest is from the group imani gold which is an indie pop band and community organizing collective based in Harlem, New York City. This woman is passionate not only in music, she is a vocal advocate for social justice and works to make space on her platform to discuss topics such as mental wellness and the need for equal representation. I am so excited to have her here with me to share her story and mission. Breathing wholeheartedly in this space with me today is the beautiful and talented April Kaye. Thank you so much for joining me today. So good to be here. I'm so excited. I love it. I love it. So I want to first move into what what brought you into this space um, and your journey into music. And then the shift into your path is, you know, becoming a form of an advocate for mental wellness, marginalized groups, and creating a community of inclusion. What what brought you into this space? And I guess we can first start off with, you know, your music journey.
0: Sure. So, I mean, I think mental wellness social justice and music have in a way always been a part of my journey um my parents met in a band so yes. when I was in the womb they were actually playing in a band together so it's almost like I've been musical bef- to even before I was born nice. um, my mom was singing when she was a kid my dad was playing when he was a kid so yeah so it's it's kind of always been part of it's Like, I can't imagine a life without music. Um, I started playing guitar when I was about 10. I don't even know how she got it, but my mom had this old, this classical guitar in her apartment, like legit. I think it might have been my cousin's maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where it came from. Um, We, of course, we always had a piano. When my mom was a kid, when my mom, I think, graduated from high school or college, might have been college, it was, she said, like, she could buy a car or a piano and she chose to buy a piano, which really, I think... uh, is a great metaphor for our family yeah and, like, <laughs> a little bit more like creative than practical sometimes but in a in a good way I think because music is practicality for us like the necessity of a car to some families um, is sort of like the same as a necessity of music exactly. to to ours um and so yeah, so I started playing guitar when I was 10 um I would like write punk pop songs play punk pop things, like Avril Lavigne and Blink-182 songs on my guitar. Love it. Uh, Good Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I was about 12, I started playing bass, and bass became my main instrument. I played – I'm classically trained. I'm trained in jazz, so I played classical and jazz basically all throughout grade school and then a little bit into college. Um, and I also then throughout high school was in a a lot of – Um bands so in high school i was in a lot of bands and that was when i think it's hard to even say when it started to be honest yeah. um there was a point at which i really combined the three things we were talking mm-hmm. about mental wellness community organizing music and so i would throw benefit concerts um How that nice. would yeah so they were they'd bring the community together and create a safe space they would be kind of raising funds for a cause that was very relevant and important. We, we, we raised money for things like uh, the crisis in Darfur, um, Hurricane Katrina, um, beautiful farm workers in Southern Florida, doing advocacy for them. Um, and you know, and then, I, like I said, cre- we did these concerts in this like um, youth space, and mind you, like, I was like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 doing this. Um, and bringing kids that age together to do it too. And so it was like there, and there weren't really adults, there was adults kind of around, but yeah. we, they weren't really doing any, like, yeah. it was more like, it was more like, uh, having to, uh, navigate adults rather than having their support and i i can't say it was because any adults were like no we're not going to support you it's just like we can do it on our own kind of like buy us for a sort of thing yeah and so uh i kind of started singing in there too my mom is an amazing singer and so i just sort of when i i joined a band one time and they were like we need a singer and i was like well i guess i'll sing so i just i joined a band. i was they were like yeah we want to have you play bass and then they're like oh we actually already have a bass player because we were in high school and high yeah. school kids do stuff like that. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I guess I can sing. Y'all need a singer. Um, and so that, so kind of now I am doing a lot of singing. I really enjoy it. I'm really writing songs, producing, and bass has taken a little bit of a backseat, although I still do play ba- my own bass lines on all my stuff. I awesome. just obviously can't do everything live. Yeah, And also kind of woven through that i was also doing other community organizing um i grew up during the bush administration in texas so there was the um you know all of the kind of islamophobia mm-hmm. and war in the middle east that was happening then so i was out doing protests around that um i officially started therapy when i was 16 um but i was in therapy in and out of therapy before then I just like don't really remember it that much. Yeah. So I can't really say, but I was definitely going to therapy before then, but I kind of consider the start six at 16. Cause that's when I kind of started the modality that I do now. And I really remember those conversations. And I, I think I was just a little, I was kind of grown up, yeah grown up enough to, um, to appreciate it and to understand it. Mm-hmm, and so, yeah, so I wasn't really advocating for mental health as much. I think for, to do that as a young person yeah. um, was a little bit out of reach for yeah. me at the time, but it was definitely a part of my practice. Like, I was, I mean, I went to therapy as a kid, which I think a lot of, especially women of color, black women in particular, we don't really have that access as kids. Yeah. So I was really privileged to have that access as a kid. Yeah, and so um, yeah, and so it was very much kind of all tied together, I would say. The I I was like very much grassroots organizing uh, when I was a teenager, and very much like out playing shows when I was a teenager. And then now, as a adult, it looks a little bit different. Um, I was saying to you before uh, we started that I kind of have stepped back from doing uh, on the ground organizing mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like where it doesn't feel like the place where i am best suited and most useful yeah I think um i think where i'm i'm most useful is providing support especially online yeah. being able to amplify stories being able to edit stories in a way that's accessible Providing um, advice on how to get the message out, also creating connections. Yeah. Um, Which is what we're doing today, which I love. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Bringing people together. Um, And then I, you know, and then I still am doing the kind of stuff I did as a kid. Uh, On the eve of the inauguration, I consider that Imani Gold's first show. We did a uh, protest show and healing space. So you can kind of see that whole piece,
1: all that's like all encompassing.
0: exactly so it so you can see like when I you know up until not up until then but it was it wasn't scattered I was just trying to find how these things that I'm really passionate about go together yeah even the inauguration I did it with my best friend the same woman that I had been doing it had done it with when I was a kid she lives in Philly we yeah we created a healing space Um, I played some protest songs and then we had kind of like sign making for the protests the next day we had letter writing to Betsy DeVos because I'm also really passionate about um advocating for youth and it was this amazing space it was packed um we didn't have tickets so I can't say it was sold out I'm sure we were at capacity because it was really really packed I was the only one who performed um so it was really it wasn't even really about a performance as much as like creating this space amazing conversations amazing people connecting activists artists um from all around Philly coming together to just process and heal and get out of our damn houses yes after the the election night oh yes A lot of people wanted to kind (laughs) of. I did. I'm not gonna lie. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Uh Exactly. Oh wow. So so creating a space where people get out of the house and just feel good. Like we're not. We weren't trying to go there to like complain or to be like, oh, feel we're we're having such a hard time. This is so sad. Yeah, yeah. So terrible. I can't believe it. It Was just like, let's come here and like protest, kind of this. Almost honestly, I think, especially as a black woman, shoot, like, violent act against us to elect someone. Who's... Felt
1: a little. I just felt offended in a sense, you know. Right. I was like, um. <laughs> yeah. Voice, like personally offended. Yeah. Like it's time. Okay. It, it was almost like let, mm-hmm. let's let's get this armor back on, you know. And, right. Right. And so I that's I totally relate to that, and I think that's the perfect um lead into my next question, which is being a woman of color in this space and when you see moments like that and especially when you're in in this mindset of wanting to to reach out and give back to the community how has it been as a woman of color in this space as you've seen yourself evolve and and find you know your niche and where you fit in as as far mm-hmm. as your mission is concerned
0: yes that's a great question that's a that's a great question finding my niche and where i fit in so uh, there is an extent to which I see myself as somewhat of a liaison between uh, liberal white folks and marginalized people. Mm-hmm. That is because I'm half white. I went to liberal arts college that was mostly white. I'm from a almost I'm from Austin. I think I mentioned mm-hmm. it's a very white town. Um, I have a lot of white privilege that I don't feel like I carry. I'm not going to say I uh, I. Carry it around uh, in the same way, maybe a white passing person were or anything else, but I do have a lot of it mm-hmm. and so uh, I, I and I have a lot of access to white people that's also it too, because I can speak their language mm-hmm. um, and I can uh, what how do I say it because I can speak their language, I can say things to them that can possibly make a change, and i can, I can comfort them in ways that um, other folks don't have access to and
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that work still happens for sure for sure but so so uh, to, to be more specific that work is kind of like okay so I can't really go talk to a conservative guy and be like hey stop being racist or whatever because that's not really safe for me yeah they might not listen to me but my white liberal friends definitely have i don't have anyone in my family who is, is, a, is a trump supporter um that's just like or a trump supporter or anti-abortion or any of this stuff yeah. my family one side is black and the other side is you know very liberal jewish my mom my grandma my dad's side used to work in prisons um and so wow. like super just open yeah kind loving people and so i just don't have access to like conservative people i don't think i want that access it doesn't feel safe but i do have access to liberal white liberal people who do who have those family members who are um kind of actively doing things Mm -hmm. that are harmful to our communities or they don't understand our community so i have done a lot of work kind of communicating with those white liberal folks and saying like here's what you can take to your your family your your people or whatever to try to do make those changes Mm -hmm. that has um that has decreased it's kind of naturally receded a bit since I've been living in Harlem I've right it's I, I was in mostly white spaces before I moved here and I mean that's that's large not largely why I moved here it's I came to Harlem so, uh, a little bit about me. The reason I moved to New York was I actually had a job on Wall Street. Oh, so wow. talk about like speaking the white man's language right? <laughs> right. Like, I re- I can do like it I did it enough yep, <laughs> I did it enough to make a hundred thousand dollars out of college. Uh, I quit that job um but i um but the reason I ended up in Harlem was because when I was interning at this particular bank, I was visiting a friend over here. Who I'd known from Portland, Oregon, which is where I went to college. He's a black guy, rapper, and was going to work on some tracks with him. I came up here, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like, this is it. This is home. I'm home." And nice. I moved here. I moved like to the same, you know, couple blocks that he lived in, and I never looked back. Nice. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's the most important. I think it's the best neighborhood in the world. I think it's the most important black neighborhood in the world. I think most historians would probably agree with that. Absolutely, um, the Harlem
1: Renaissance mm-hmm. is responsible. All of the- the rich history all the richness. rich history yes
0: and i'm like i'm like y'all love james baldwin okay but which ones are you are black and gay in harlem uh, excuse me <laughs> like, no and you know and I, I understand it's expensive and yeah there's yeah. a lot of limitations in this neighborhood i'm not saying everyone should live in harlem right, but right just I for love you it. yeah your for experience me, it's exactly for me it works really really well so that's so uh so i really drawn to like the um energy and the work and the challenge and the joy of like black creative history Mm -hmm. and, and by history, I mean the past Mm -hmm. and the now as we're making history. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of happened organically that I am mostly, uh, around black women, um, or people of color, Mm -hmm. um, people from more marginalized community, trans folks, queer folks. And so, that access is still there that I have to uh, white folks, white liberals, certainly. Yeah. Um, but now my work, and again, like, I, not, I'm not even saying I'm intentionally focusing on it because that wouldn't be true. Yeah. But like what I do day to day is really about like creating this space for black women. And I'm kind of like, especially after the election, I was like, honestly, Black women are out here doing it. Like we are out here. Those numbers, like that's what I'm saying. I mean, the election's not all about politics. I'm actually not even a huge politics person, but like the symbolism of that is just like we out here, y'all. Absolutely. We need to get. We we need our love. We need our care. We need to get ours because we have been taking care of everybody since the beginning of time. Yes, ma'am. And so yes, and so I've just been like, let me create a nourishing space for us, for uh, especially the young, especially the young girls. Um, It's so important. Yeah, especially the young girls. Um, And so that's kind of where my work has been focused more recently. And that's kind of how I found my space. That's beautiful. Um, That's beautiful. Relative to my identity, it's like, all right, I I can do this work with white folks. Um, I can do this kind of grassroots organizing work. But I think where I'm really, frankly, where it feels right, what I'm really passionate about, where I get the most joy um, is doing work with black women, um, women of color and creating spaces for us and like working for us, um, and not really worrying about bias for us Mm -hmm. and not really worrying about anyone else. I think that's like the main thing for me is like, I'm not concerned. And after the election, there was all this rhetoric that's like, oh, we need to come together. Like, don't be divisive. And I'm like, "Mm." that is great for a lot of people. And there are a lot of people doing that work too build bridges yeah do all this and I'm not and I'm not out here trying to say like
1: that's not I'm not trying to build bridges. yeah yeah
0: I mean like I'm I am I I want to say I love white people that's a weird thing to say but it's like (laughs) but it's like I'm not here it's part of you yeah 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 it's part of me like I'm not out here trying to say like oh I'm I'm gonna exclude anybody or anything like that but I'm not really trying to come together Yeah, like I'm just not it's almost like
1: you're you're meant to do the work in where mm-hmm. you are, where exactly mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be, in in the community, exactly. in the trenches, and there's other people that are for that exactly. other work. Exactly.
0: Exactly, yeah. that really external face. Exactly. It's like I'm looking inward to our community, other yeah. people are looking outward. And if someone comes for us, Mama April's about, to come for you. You know, what I I'm mean right sometimes. here, what you want? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so sometimes I can look divisive. Exactly. Um, and also, though, I will say, too, another thing that's important to me that I uh do when it comes up is also holding my sisters accountable yes we need to, and i'm not i'm not one of the people who says i'm rooting for all black women i think it's a nice meme but like um
1: stacy dash like girls get <laughs> together. you know what i mean i love that you said that because it's so important it's that 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 mirror shedding that light back mm-hmm. to you is so important if we want to lift each other up we have to show where there's areas that we can improve, where there's Mm -hmm. areas that we can grow. I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. So on that space of serving um, and doing this work that you're doing, where do you find that balance? Because a lot of times I've, you know, just from listening and talking with others that are in the community like this, sometimes it can be difficult when you're so inundated with, the, the plight of what's going on and mm-hmm. the emotional weight that takes place from that. How do you mm-hmm. create space for yourself, for self care, for, you know, personal things that, that are not even related to community, you know, of course, such as your music, but other factors that come into play. What, what are things that you've been able to do to balance that and just your busy life in general?
0: So firstly, I'm going to say, I, I, I uh, do not see myself as the pinnacle. Uh, far, I don't think I'm terribly good at it. I think yeah. I have a lot of room to grow yeah. when it comes to balancing these things. Balancing these things. Yeah. I'll tell you stor- a story sure. um, uh, about the past three months of my life. And this is also why I didn't... This is like I was saying before we started about um, just like my schedule and just like being drowned in emails and all this stuff like that. So yeah. the beginning of September, I knew September was going to be nuts. Uh, because I had two I had a big um, I had a big report coming out at my day job at the end of the month and then I was going to Indianapolis um, to be in part to do a panel that was um, kind of I was facilitating a panel that was really focused on youth voices so that was happening in Indianapolis and then I was then I went to Indianapolis near the beginning of the month, got back. I got sick. So I was sick for a week, but still working. Like I didn't stop working because I was just,
1: uh, I should have. Yeah, That's
0: well focused, but like, you know, like your question was like, how do you take care of yourself? I didn't. I just didn't. I was sick and I still worked because I thought I needed to. And that I don't even know if that was a mistake. I think that some, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't think people should work when they're sick, Yeah, but I don't know if I shouldn't have worked when I was sick also because I was kind of of the mind then if I stopped, I would be even more stressed out because that following week. So I was in Indianapolis for a whole week because it takes a long time to get there from New York and all that. Yeah. Then I was in, I was back in New York. I was sick, but then I was going to DC right after. So I was like, if I don't work this week, I'm not going to be ready for DC. Mm-hmm. So I was in DC launching this project again. We had another big youth panel um, that I was doing some work with. I, that wasn't, I wasn't as big of a part of that, but I was still a pretty big part of it. And I had to interview a bunch of kids Yeah. I came back to New York. And what happened when I came back to New York? I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it was, like, the week I got... Oh, yeah. No. what was, I'm trying to remember. I think it was, like, the week I got back. I had... I just happened to get a call, um, like, Tuesday. I already had a big shoot scheduled on Thursday. Yeah. So I got a call that was, like... Had been scheduled a couple weeks out, but I knew it would be a whole-day shoot. It was a big shoot. It was, like... Um, talking about my own journey with beauty, mm-hmm. it was with a, a big beauty brand. So, like, I really wanted to, you know, like a, a big shoot like that. Yeah. For me, who's not like a professional full-time model, yeah. it's like usually at least one or two days before that to kind of that it, it kind of consumes. Like, I had a big shoot. What's today? I don't even know what today is today. It <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. I had a big shoot yesterday. Basically, all of Wednesday was taken up preparing for that shoot. Plus, I had been preparing for a couple weeks before that. So. Uh, so Big Shoot Thursday, and then I got a call Tuesday morning at 9am from, um, I can tell you the name now because it's out from Cosmo, and they were like, hey, um, they were like, hey, uh you free today? And I was like, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, how about 2 o'clock? And they were like, how about now? And so I just oh. like... Wow. Yeah. Wow. I like, yeah, I know. Right. So I, like, I was like, well, I mean, I can't turn down Cosmo and I, I'm really happy with how the final product of that came out. So I rushed to their offices and I shot that shot Thursday. In between all of this, I got a call from Paula um, from Thumb Um and she was like, hey, can you come to Austin next week? to shoot my head wrap line and I was like, I can't say no to Paula. She's amazing. So I yeah. flew out to Austin the next week um, to shoot with Paula. That Saturday I was supposed to go see my grandma in um Boston because she's uh, she's not doing so well. And oh, I just like I said it. I love her to death. Yeah. Thank you. She's a she's an amazing amazing human. Oh, like just so beautiful. inspiring, so incredible. I'm so fortunate to have her. And so I went out to go see her that Saturday, Sunday then that next week was my birthday. And, of course, I had the uh, birthday belated. Thank you. And then the next week was my
1: sister's birthday. Oh, my goodness. And so, like,
0: I know. And did you know I just talked about two months? That was two months of my life.
1: Oh, wow. And there are 12 months in a year. I'm tired so like, just listening to you. <laughs> right? I know.
0: So, like, I can't. So, I can't. So, that is. That I don't, I'm not a person of glor- yeah. like girl. Also, when I went out and shot with Paola, like the rest of the girls stayed up and partied. Girl, I was asleep at nine. Like, <laughs> I was, I felt like I was, it was, it was tough because yeah. it was like these 10 amazing, um, black women and non black women, like an amazing all women space. But I was just like, I have to go to sleep, yeah. Like, and I. I was like honestly I'm going to have to trust I'm going to add all these these badass girls on Instagram I have to trust that we're going to stay in contact that we'll be able to have these conversations and I have we're we you know we're still texting I was involved uh, on in an election day project with one of the women and um was it election day yeah that's what you call it election <laughs> day fresh little women and I was like I had to trust so like I just and I I frankly crashed I was so 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 tired um and so after that I had to I had to take a step back and I was like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. All of these are amazing opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I didn't play music. I mean, we had, we, we, I didn't play music as much as I would have liked to. So basically after that, I, it's the beginning of November now Um, that whole thing kind of ended. The saga kind of ended a week ago. Like I said, I had a big shoot yesterday, so it hasn't really ended, but What I decided after that was that I was going to make a very deliberate effort to focus on music and only take opportunities that I feel like are really, really incredible and won't be draining and take a closer look at my calendar, Mm -hmm. not overcommit, be kind of more um, uh, deliberate. I think Mm -hmm. that was, I think that was the challenge. And that is, I don't, not a, I won't even, this is going forward. I think that's what I'm going to say. Going forward, um, what I'm going to work on is being deliberate because when all of these amazing, I mean, every single thing I just described is incredible, like, Being able to go spend time with my grandma, who's this amazing woman. Getting to go see a city in the Midwest I've never seen with um, some young people. Like, amazing, amazing. Getting to be on these professional sets that are really incredible. Like, so many amazing things. But I was just reacting. And I was just saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. without really thinking about how it fit in. And these are just the big things. I'm sure I said yes to, like, some drinks and some parties and some whatever hangs Absolutely. And some, yeah staying on
1: some IG t-k-s. too long yeah
0: <laughs> well, all that stuff i probably that i won't again i won't say i shouldn't have right. but i think going forward being more deliberate i think i can um be sure to have those self-care pieces yeah. so to but that's and that's not to be negative at all so that's just been the past couple months that said though um, i see therapy as a non-negotiable basically like i have uh individual therapy on mondays that's uh, obviously something that i can kind of move around if i have to and then i have group therapy um monday in the evening wow. and it starts at 6:30 and so i if it's if something has to go past 6:30 um that's that's outside of work hours kind of conventionally anyway so if so if something's on a monday i'm like i have a hard stop at 6 i have a hard stop at 530 and that's a non-negotiable. Yeah,
1: putting those boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a non-negotiable for me. It's boundaries, but also like for me, we'll yeah, have to
1: hold myself accountable. Absolutely, uh, with what uh, I'm true. doing. True, and not letting yourself get you know yeah, grabbing no. everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, I feel like when you're in that space, that creative space, and so much is happening, you want to grab so much. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so easy to go into that that mindset of oh, I gotta mm-hmm. do everything. With then then having to take a step back and going, okay, well, how does this, how is this affecting me? And and just that example of you having to like that, that opportunity was there, but you had to go to sleep, like you felt exhausted. And
0: so also in that, I forgot to say, I had this kind of like non-negotiable commitment that if I didn't do it, it would have had kind of severe consequences. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was something that I had to do that there was absolutely no way I could move it. It wasn't a great opportunity. It was just something that had to be done. And um, I I could have, you know, and that night I RSVP'd to a party. I didn't have to go to that party. Yeah. I didn't. I had fun, but I had not to go. Yeah. And I got a good goodie bag out of it, <laughs> but I didn't have to go. You, you didn't I mean? have
1: to, exactly. I didn't
0: have to, and – um I and that was me. There was no one trying to pull me to that party. I was just like, this party's <laughs> gonna be fun. It's gonna be lit. Yeah, My favorite DJ in the world was spinning there. I but I could have DM'd her and I could ask her for a coffee a couple weeks later, right? right? I could have, like, looked at the party stories and hit up any dope women. I mean, I, I mean, I met some dope women there that are probably gonna be my friends for a while, but I yeah. could have, you know, there are other ways that aren't so um, draining. But, like I said, group therapy, individual therapy are non-negotiables. Also, something that I do is, that fell to the wayside in October, but really, really works for me, is tracking. I'm, and I don't, this is a personality thing. I don't think... I will say, like, scientifically, there's data out there. Um, you can look it up and slide it in if you want to. But yeah. tracking things does empirically improve performance. So I track um, my substance use. I track my uh, yoga practice. I track writing. I track proxy music um, and going to sleep, turning off my phone. Yeah. I track all of that stuff. And tracking it alone – really helps me to um, I track my, my diet. I don't write down everything I eat. I just kind of check off like if I feel like I was helped, you know. Yeah, if it's I helped. didn't eat a bunch of junk that day. Or yeah, whatever. balance. <laughs> balance, right. So that's really helped and I completely didn't do it in October, which was a great sign that I needed to step back. Mm. Last thing I'll say to this question about kind of balancing is, and I also, this is also for the record kind of thing, I am a super, I am not, I am not good with being in limbo. I am not good with um like uh, as far as kind of world views and personality on and that I'm very open yeah. I think I can deal with gray area in the world with people and stuff right but with like doing things I really tend to be all or nothing yeah. which is uh a trait that has helped me in some ways because I go all in when I go all in yeah. but also you know like right now I'm talking my ass off we're having a great time <laughs> we're probably gonna go over time but it took me like two months to email you. Like I it's, <laughs> but it it's be,
1: okay because things happen that, in divine time. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I wanna get better with with being okay with being in limbo, being okay with being in between. Yes. But that's all to say, I decided, um, after those two months, uh feeling a little bit out of control, that I was going to step back from Instagram. So this morning, actually, I uh deleted instagram off my phone and i'm going to take like i didn't say anything about it online because i i just didn't feel like that was really necessary yeah Um uh, deleted off my phone and i i told a lot of people too so if anyone gets worried there's a lot of people who know like you know now just anyone who i'm talking to yeah actually i tell them um so people you know someone like posts like where's april <laughs> someone else can be like oh she's just sleeping yeah <laughs> um, exactly <laughs> but but i'm doing that for, I said a month. So today is like what the ninth, and, um, and so December 9th, I'm going to get back on. I turned down a pretty decent paying, um, collaboration because they would want me to post and they would want me to do that work. Um, and another crab collaboration that I'm super excited about that's coming out in December. I was talking to this woman, it's unpaid. It's like a for trade kind of like thing with this beautiful, um, black woman owned jewelry brand oh, nice. i was talking to her and i was like we're doing mid. i was saying you know I, I love what you're doing i would love to like get something out asap but honestly there's no rush like let's do it in the middle of december like already kind of taking this instagram break has kind of forced me to be more deliberate yes. so i'm not one of those yeah. yeah i'm not one of those like social medias obviously i love social media yeah. but So I'm not saying it's like a thing that's polluting my life and I need to cleanse. Blah, blah, blah. It's just (laughs) something I thought that would help me uh, do what you're talking about, creating balance, because I just found myself falling too much in that direction. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe for, um, especially October, I was, all in there and not really in kind of the music space and in the emotional space as much yeah and so I'm sort of my way of balancing I guess is what I'm saying yeah but okay totally i all it. in in October I was kind of September was community organizing October was um more digital organizing yeah. and Instagram creativity and then November And I hope November, December, January is all about music. We are working on a record right now. Beautiful. My sister slash my bandmate is in Brazil. So my job for uh, November is getting everything, getting the drum tracks down, getting um, some of the guitar tracks down, some of the lead parts down so she can come in and do her thing when she gets back. That's exciting. Yeah. So we have some big goals. I have... um, Some very specific things I'm trying to do. And so to do that, I'm being very deliberate. And even this call, I like asked to schedule in the morning because I'm most alert in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is when we can do it. I'm I'm going to be on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be on and I can start my day right. And then, like, I know, I knew when I scheduled with you, like, the rest of my day was going to be amazing. Versus, I could have scheduled you at like a four on a Saturday and, like, for me, that wouldn't have worked as well with my lifestyle. So just being kind of deliberate is something that I'm working on. <laughs> and I am using taking a step back from Instagram to do that. And it, like bears repeating probably for the fifth time, my non negotiable is therapy. Also, uh, I don't know if I'd say this is a non negotiable as much as just like, I you know, my trips to the psychiatrist, um, going to the dermatologist, I, they're not weekly. So it's a little bit of a different practice, but I make sure to schedule those in ways where I can make them. So I don't, I really, really work hard to not reschedule appointments with healthcare providers because that's such a key part. I mean, that's like, yeah baseline self-care, right? I, exactly. mean, I have shelter, I have food, but I need to like take care of my body and take care of my mind in this like very kind of medical way. That's not always so cute, like the bubble baths and that sort of self-care. Absolutely. Keep I was you just wanna... going to mention
1: that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, yeah. That meant the inner work, the, you know, that stuff is mm-hmm. not fun, you know, to talk mm-hmm. about and go into. is so needed when it comes yeah. to, you know, getting to that other space and, mm-hmm. and clearing the mind. Totally. Yep. And that, I was... Gonna ask, you know, the tools that have helped you and, and mm-hmm. you've you fully explained, you know, the methods and even mm-hmm. the stuff that you wanna work on, which is something right. that a lot of us struggle with. It's not it's right. not a full hundred percent, you know, picture perfect uh self-care list that that people go through, you know, especially when someone's successful in things, you know, that's often what people assume. Oh Um, yeah. And so it's nice to, it's actually refreshing to hear that. And, and, but it's, it's, it's telling because it is showing you that, you know, you're making those strides to develop something that can really get you in a space of, okay, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm in, in the groove of understanding where I need to go, you know, as far Uh, as your self-care.
0: Totally. I was just talking to my uh, friend and roommate, Hillary Benome. She's amazing um, musician and writer as well. And we were talking about uh, how there's all of these like YouTube videos and articles on beauty sites about like people's morning rituals and what I eat in the day and everything's so perfect. And I'm like, I do not believe these girls. I do not believe y'all. And she said, she made this really good point. And she said, rituals and routines are aspirational. And I completely agree. And she's, she's a very disciplined person. She's actually someone I look up to when it comes to like, really sticking to um, doing things and really prioritizing herself and our self care. Mm -hmm. She's really good at it. And so I, I was asking her, I was like, what's your morning routine? And, you know, she laid out this beautiful routine. But she was like, but sometimes I do this, sometimes I do that. Yeah. And even someone like her, who I consider really good at it, there's still it's always still aspirational. Yeah,
1: still room to move and and flow and and it might not last. That routine might not feel right, you know, mm-hmm. a week and or I, so yep. from now, you know. Yep,
0: exactly. So. Exactly. I
1: love that. Well, I have um, a final question for you. I'd love mm-hmm. to know what you feel would be good advice because it seems like you've you've developed a space and a and a, a voice that A lot of people appreciate and and are inspired to learn from and so Mm -hmm. for someone that wants to follow a path similar to yours um whether it be music or you know community outreach um what advice would you give someone especially who feels that they might not be able to you know achieve um impact or you know be able to to get to a place if they feel marginalized how what would what advice would you give them if they want to pursue a career similar to yours
0: so the first uh, I don't firstly I'll say I don't like giving advice <laughs> because I don't like the idea that I'm telling people what to do yeah 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 uh, but I do like to say what works for me absolutely and like if I guess since you're asking <laughs> uh, if I you're like if I were to give advice if so and, if you were to people, right I had I have had people ask me that question and I, I say I don't like giving advice but I'll tell you what works for me exactly because um I don't like to be prescriptive yeah and it doesn't fit everyone
1: but it might right. yeah
0: yeah, and that's not to say anything negative about your question. Oh, it's sure. a very good question, <laughs> um, but okay. it's, I just want to say that yeah, first of all. Sure. I say, yeah, I just don't like to be prescriptive, but I'm terrible at it. I'm always like, that's also part of it, too, is I'm always like, well, you should do this. So I try to reel it in. That's like one of the things that I think I've made some <laughs> progress with. I hope I'm like, I don't want to give advice, but. I'll tell you what I did. Exactly. And that's like not that different from advice, anyway. <laughs> I just I did that yesterday with someone, and I'm like, did I go too far? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, totally she seemed fine. to. She, she seemed. Anyway. Yeah. So first thing is, um, how do I say this? The first. Okay, I'll say it this way. I know therapy can be prohibitive. Yeah. To pe for people. Yeah. Um, I will provide. So fine fine. There's two reasons why that is. One is financial, financial. One is financial, one is cultural. Mm-hmm. Financially, I will say two things about that. One, um you may need to double check this, but under Obamacare, mental health services are um legally required to be covered the same as other healthcare services. Mm-hmm. So that means if you do have insurance, you will have um, in-network providers that you can go see for the same price that you would see your general practitioner. So usually that's like 50 or $25 if you have insurance. Right. I understand a lot of folks don't have insurance. You don't have insurance. There are low cost providers, sliding field providers Mm -hmm. um, out there. And um, a lot of these folks will be folks that are in training um, and frankly having someone to talk to who is um a knowledgeable professional is key Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people really like the a lot of people kind of focus on the unbiased They don't know about my life my therapist is friends with my dad um (laughs) like (laughs) like my other therapist um is my my individual therapist is friends with my dad my group therapist is um is supervises a project my dad is doing and so that kind of like they don't know me that's not that's that's, that so certainly helps a lot of people. I don't want to minimize that. And it certainly helped me at a point. Right. But, but for me, what it is about is having like a really highly trained person who's dedicated their life to this work. Yeah, absolutely. And people who are therapists are not in it for the money. And it's not because the money's not there. There is money in it. Right. Um, for, you, know, you can get to that point in your career. Yeah. Um, it's because it's so hard. It's really, really it hard It is emotionally work. taxing. It's, and I I don't, all I know, all, the only reason I know that is because I've seen my dad and how, and he is a white guy, you know, and he is, re, and his clients are mostly white from what I understand. Yeah. His clients of color too, but, you know, it's just white people doing it with a lot of privilege. You know, he makes a decent living doing it. And he, it really, 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 it's a huge emotional investment. Yes. So that's all to say, like, um, if you don't have insurance and can't go to someone under your insurance, then... I recommend trying to find a sliding scale health provider. Mm-hmm. And and the cool thing about the sliding scale or um nonprofit clinics is usually there's a bunch of therapists there and so if you don't like them you can switch. And it's okay to not like them. Absolutely. This is I have so much like this is what I do what I will say I have advice on, that is because I just like I think also I don't feel good about giving advice because I don't always feel like I know what I'm talking about. But this I do <laughs> because I've seen a lot of therapists in a lot of different states and cities. I've had insurance. I haven't had insurance. I've had money. I haven't had money. Yeah. Um. And so, um. So if we're at one of these clinics, you. Oh, what I say? Yeah. Clinics. There's a lot of options. My one piece of advice, and I actually say it's a rule, is if you don't like your therapist you should tell them and you should tell them why mm. that is the only and I, I maybe it's a, I say it as a rule I say it as a challenge because that is the point of it therapy is, the is to be able to say things that you wouldn't say otherwise and just know it's safe because if I tell my therapist um, like you are what you I have told my therapist I was like I don't like that you said that word about black people that actually was like super empowering and what's she gonna do i'm paying her absolutely um and so that's like that is kind of my therapy spiel is there are always 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 options so that's the financial piece the cultural piece is way more difficult Mm -hmm. and i would say fuck follow me on instagram and see or follow you on instagram (laughs) there's such a great um erica Hart. there's such a great community of black women of Tyra Banks. Yes. Like, I can't go in. Like, there's a, like, it, we, me, okay, me, Erica Hart, Tyra Banks, like, so different. The three of us are so, so, so different. So, there's going to be a Black woman out there. i sure Tracy Ellis Ross. O- mm-hmm. Oprah is best friend of Dr. Oz. Like, are you kidding me? Or is he the, Dr. Phil? <laughs> right? Dr. Phil. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. And Phil, Oz. She's like, she's like our auntie, you know? Yes like you know maxi waters you know what i mean yes, we're ma'am. out there, so if you feel like you can't do it for cultural reasons um try to find someone you can identify with to make it feel safer read a book mm-hmm. on therapy um do your like i i think be open to it or at least like see people like notice that people who you look up to do it and it's it will be scary that's also part of therapy is it's scary yeah. it's scary i've been doing it since i was 16 years old it's scary Mm -hmm. i want to do it i'm i want to go i'm planning on going to school um for therapy as a profession scary it's all scary um yeah that's
1: like you know
0: like i said i do too much Um, (laughs)
1: but not too much no yeah you're doing what feels right
0: it it can be scary but fear i think it's like i don't like when people say you know fears i don't think any emotion is bad i think fear is normal actually let yourself be afraid Mm -hmm. and go
1: and just just do it anyway
0: just make the appointment, make the call, get on the subway, go, you'll get in the room and you'll be there. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you can't leave. And you could just sit there quietly. You can sit there and be like, I don't want to be here. What the hell is this? But go and schedule another appointment. And at the next appointment, be like, I don't get it. You white, you crazy. Schedule <laughs> the next appointment. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, just be it. there. Yeah, be, be there And take advantage of the fact that you can do that. So that's mm-hmm. that. that um The piece of advice. The second piece of uh, the second that's something I can say. I don't like to tell people to go to therapy. I can say like, that is a thing that really, really works for me. Yeah. I see works for other people and it's just healthcare. It's like the same as going to the doctor. same as going to the dentist. It's not about fixing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not about fixing something that's wrong. My therapist said to me one time, and this, I was actually, this is a good, good story. I was trying to cut down on therapy. And I think that was coming from a place of fear. Frankly, I was like, oh, well, Every week is, you know, I feel like I'm set. So let's do every other week. And I, and basically she was like, Well, why shouldn't you be the best you can be? Mm. And I was like, Oh, I was looking at this from a deficit perspective, Mm -hmm. but actually, more therapy would be even better because I could be even better.
1: Yes, right. Like
0: that's what I asked. That's my question. I guess I should, that's my question I suggest. Yeah. To folks ask themselves. Exactly. Why shouldn't you be the best you can be? Uh That is the question to ask. Yeah. Before going to therapy. And, if you have a good answer to that, I please tell me because I don't know why <laughs> anyone, I wouldn't want anyone to not be the best they can be. Absolutely. Okay. So to now I'm gonna go to part two, which is much less advicey and much more I'm still figuring it out than with therapy, where I do feel like I can really say it's helped me. This is newer, much, yeah. much newer, but something that I do believe and I, I was thinking about up before uh we started talking. Um people the old I remember Barney saying, Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I used to love uh, Barney <laughs> I know me too I remember uh, Robin Williams being he was a little bee and he was in Aladdin as the genie he was like "Be yourself we hear that all the time that, and I was I've, it's hard for me to not think that that is vague BS because I'm like what does that even mean like who even am I right but uh, looking back I can see the times where I was challenged yeah. to not be myself or I were, And again, this is more coming from me than anybody else. Like, for example, um, on Instagram for a while, I was um, was really trying to take more selfies because I was like, OK, if you get the really good lighting and your hair is popping, you can have and you can like edit your skin to be all smooth and take these really well lit selfies like they get a lot of likes, they go viral. Um, and I just didn't like it. Yeah. It just didn't feel right. Um, and I'm sure if I kept working at it, there'd be some viral photos of me and my hair, like, and pop in selfies out there. Mm-hmm. There are zero, there are none. <laughs> I, um, and I just, it just wasn't me. And yeah. this is a, a small example, exactly. um, right, but, but we can think of bigger examples, but this is just a small one that comes to mind that I think is probably relatable to a lot of people. Cause it deals with like what we're posting on Instagram. Yeah. Um, And so I didn't do it. So another thing, this is another big one actually for me is posting pictures, kind of like holding products near my face, sort of smiling, that kind of thing that a lot of brands really want. I just don't like it. It doesn't feel like me. And so that, these are two things that I didn't do that I'm, again, I am sure I have, I, I wouldn't, I have created challenges for myself with, uh, uh, brand partners that want me to do those kinds of pictures in my face by not doing them. That's actually created some challenges for me. Yeah. And also I'm sure there'd be some viral pictures if I kind of kept trying to do that same with, um, Like I don't really post videos of me like lip syncing or dancing. It's again, just not me. Yeah. I, it's just not who I am. Yeah. Like, um, And so I'm, again, I'm sure I missed out on opportunities because of that. And the people who I do work with are amazing. And the people who I do work with, like that there you go and, I, and and this is the key especially i'm talking to my sisters out there i get the most point period like i turned i don't know how many flat tummy tea emails i've gotten <laughs> that i've been like uh no i just say like i just say no if you land <laughs> give them well i don't say no i give them some outlandish budget i'm like if you want to give me five thousand dollars like maybe you know i give them some like crazy budget and they yeah. still respond yeah yeah but yeah i just so like you could say I'm yeah I'm missing out on a little bread from that but then I get these clients that you know and I it's been cool because I um I've been also focusing more on building relationships mm-hmm. this is a newer thing um, that gives actually something that is a, a thing that I can say is advice is like get on the phone with people absolutely like I've just been instead of like every now going forward and this was again a decision I made. Uh, very recently, actually, that I learned from Felice, Felicia Ross, uh, who I met on the fond Jam shoot. She's a, also an amazing musician and entrepreneur. And she just gets on the phone with everybody. And I got to hear her like really do her business on the phone yeah. and it's just like so 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 amazing and yeah. that's really helped me to be more deliberate so anyway so I get on the phone with with clients and I or I, I've been going to drink with people getting dinner just like getting to know people a little bit more yeah and when I ask them what was interesting about me or like what they like they 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 say they like that I have this great community and they like that they like the way it looks and and it feels good and it feels right and again these are the people that pay the most so like yeah maybe I, so it's it's been amazing to me and, oh I mean, I'm not gonna say to pay the most it's also it's not just that they say they like these things what they ask me to produce like the content they ask me to make or the projects they ask me to be a part of are really really authentic to me That's so me. by putting out yeah. so by not doing things that don't feel right even if I'm not sure why um, and I will say too like. uh I tried selfies, I tried photos where I was holding products. I won't, I, that's also it too, is I did try. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna say you don't test do stuff if it doesn't yeah, feel right. Exactly. Right, because if you don't do stuff, it doesn't feel right. Therapy does like that goes back to my saying. Maybe therapy doesn't feel right, but like just do it, right? Yeah, but absolutely. like, but like I try, you know, try it and then see see from there. Uh, but with with uh, this, con- this again, this is an example and I think this translates to um, a lot of best, many, many other aspects of my life too. Yeah. This is just a more, I think, relatable example for folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So by putting out, by not doing things that didn't feel right, or by like kind of ceasing to do things once they don't feel right, I have attracted, uh, brand partners that bring me really authentic projects that pay really well. And I was saying to someone, before, I forget who I was, I was talking to someone about this recently, but I was like, the people who seek me out want me specifically and they and I am unique and I am myself and because of that there's nobody that can replace me and because there's nobody that can replace me I'm worth a lot Thank and that know. is pretty cool and I usually when I do brand partnerships I have some of the least followers of anybody usually when I'm on shoots I'm the only person who doesn't have an agency um, and so I have gotten this access to a world that uh, there. Oh, a world that kind of asks for maybe more credentials than I have because I've been myself and because mm-hmm. people want the specific thing that I'm offering, which is incredible to me. That's like it beautiful. blows my mind. Like I can't. And so that's why, I, that's why I started with the whole be yourself thing. Cause I think it is, it's, it can be vague Yeah. and the outcome of that can be vague, but I will say me, I can co- directly connect me not doing pictures that I didn't feel comfortable doing. With me making money. And I can provide specific examples about how that works. Exactly. And I am a weirdo. Like, I. And that's like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> We're all like, a I, little weird. <laughs> and I'm not. And I'm. And I also, like, because I want to say too, I feel like people are like, well, you're cool. Like, you're great. That works for you because who, who, like, who April is is this amazing and i little person. Okay. But, like, um, tell me about all the hairy armpits you see on the cover <laughs> of Vogue. Tell me about all of the. Um, people talking about, like, radical politics, you see
1: absolutely,
0: uh, whatever, here, there, the other place, like, working with na- international brands, right? Like, yes. I am out here, like, taking risky things. Like, yes. um, I was on a shoot recently where, um, how do I say this in a way that is vague? Um, I was on a shoot recently where, let's just say, I could tell that the shot choices they made for me versus the shots choices they made for somebody else were based around the fact that I did not have the traditional model body and this person did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, but I was still on that set and I still got, still
1: got in there. Yeah. So representation,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. So Like they didn't like everything about me, but they liked me, Absolutely. which is pretty amazing. And they took me as I am with the stuff that they like and the stuff that they did it. And I got my bread and that's like that's pretty sick.
1: Beautiful. And so
0: whatever kind of like thing you have, uh, it's going to be part of the package and that's
1: that embrace it yeah right (laughs) well april i got so much out of this conversation like you you are such a light and i appreciate every single advice even if you didn't feel it was advice (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate every single thing you mentioned because it does resonate and i think um people will get a lot out of this so thank you so much for being here with me
0: i appreciate that thank you
1: Conversation with April it was such an in-depth, complex look into the journey of mental health, and we really delved into her many different journeys in the creative field um, through music, through her social advocacy work. There was a tying thread of creativity, and she used her skill sets to bring awareness to issues and topics that meant the most to her, and I think that speaks a lot to what we all can do um, as a people and as a culture. Whatever skill set you have that you love, you can easily tie that into the passions that, and the and causes that affect and inspire you the most, and you can make a lot of good change through that beautiful how she was able to tie in what she's learned and what she's still learning and the power of the human spirit and the human journey. It's not linear. Um, There's many different turns and twists but it's knowing and being aware of yourself enough to give yourself room to to realize that to realize it change happens and to be adaptable to those experiences and let them teach you Um, because life really is about learning and being a consistent student um, and, and growing through that so I hope you were able to really take in everything that was said in our conversation and apply it to your own journey thank you for tuning in to breathing space be sure to take a listen to the other creative women in this series as we share our honest thoughts around our journeys through mental health.